for listening you guys i realize it's not easy charlie the dog and i have to listen to these two jokers every day hey you guys what's going on it's episode number 236 now of the ron and don show and as we sit down to record this it's just been announced by the white house so this will be a few days old this news has been announced by the white house that every adult so i guess they're leaving kids out here but every adult that wants a vaccine should be able to get a vaccine by May 1st. Uh, We are also going to hear from the president in a live address. He's going to talk about the opportunities for us to start coming back together with small 4th of July celebrations. Here comes spring break. Oh, man. Hello, Florida. <laughs> we saw what happened. It was spring break last year in the, mid, in, in the midst of a raging pandemic. And we also see states like Texas just going, hey, pandemic's open. Everything, everything's, pandemic's over. Everything's open. Let's go. Are, are you leaning more the way of, of Texas and Florida and spring break, Ron? Or are you thinking about Brazil right now that is getting hammered and the pandemic and the variants of the pandemic is worse in Brazil. It's as worse as it's ever been. And if you go online, you start seeing body after body, body bag after body bag. And you're like, is this something that could happen in America again with a variant? Or is this all behind us? It's starting to feel behind us. And I even have to say, I jump out of the car. I walk in the store. I see someone with a mask. I turn around and go back to the car and I put my mask on. Because it's still not muscle memory for you, for me yet. And I have to say, I, I can't wait for the day, because I'm a hugger, that I can get out of the car, hug people I love and care about. And also, I can begin to see people's faces again, right? You, you meet a girl on Bumble, and you're like, wow, she's so attractive. And then she takes her you have really nice mask eyebrows. off, and you're like, oh! On the, on the third date, you're like, oh my God! I'm dating Betty White. What happened? Hey, Betty White's pretty attractive. And that's not being fair to Betty White. I'm dating Maude. How about that? There you go. You don't know. I I thought about it. And let me say this. I'm sure it's it's a big disappointment to them, too. Maybe even a bigger disappointment when I take my mask off. They think they're dating Maude. (laughs) uh, I I was thinking about this just today. I was like, how long should I wear a mask and in what context? So as I was driving today, I was like, okay, let's say I did go to a concert or to a movie or to a sporting event uh, this year. Like, because the Mariners announced, hey, we're trying to figure out a way after spring break when we have opening day to allow fans to come back to the ballpark. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. Me and Andrew Walsh, if you remember him from the radio station, we we go to about three or four games a year. What do you guys together. do with the games? Uh, we usually sit in the outfield. Okay. Uh, we will get uh, we get all the really bad for you uh, stadium food yeah. uh, and, and, and embrace it. They have so, a lot of great food. They have, a lot they have, of great, have good food. But they you have know really mean. good food there. Actually. Yeah, so we get some food. We get yeah. some beverages, uh, some sunflower seeds. We sit out in the, in the outfield. 
field and just enjoy the game. Usually, if it's a Cleveland Indian game, because he's from Ohio, uh, we try to go to one of those games. And it's, it's just being in the ballpark. You yeah. got the cityscape. So I'm thinking, okay, if I went to the ballpark right now with Andrew, uh, would I wear a mask? Probably. Um, would I wear a mask in July? Probably. But let's say I was at, if you had a gathering or if I invited you over to, to my condo as soon when I get moved back in and said, hey, we're going to have six people. We're going to have eight people uh, that I, I have chosen to, to bring over here. I don't know. In that scenario, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I don't have to wear it. So Hang on. We, we, had, we, we had a very small gathering, five people at my house. Most of the people in that gathering were vaccinated. Uh, but we still had masks on. We had windows open. We had back doors open. We had a breeze going through. Uh, we were we sat out on the on the deck most of the time, and at that point, it felt like we were all comfortable and and we would take our masks off, which may be dumb, right? That 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 right. that may be dumb, but I have to tell you, it it was it was one of the greatest nights that I've had in the last year, just sitting around, laughing with friends, seeing people smile, celebrating a birthday. And and again, these are people that I'm around all the time, like all the time. So these are people that are in my bubble and I don't want any bubble trouble. So uh, I think that's that it, the thing that's hard with the CDC is, is we were told last week to double mask. And, and, and now I, have you tried double masking? No. Number one, you look ridiculous when you double mask. Number two, you can't breathe. I try to double mask and go on a trail run the other day. You, you, you literally suffocate. You, 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 you cannot breathe. And I don't know about you. Even when I wear a single mask, if I have a mask on too long and I don't know how people do it all day at work, I start getting very nauseous. I get, I, I just get nauseous from it. So I, I am, I'm, I appreciate that 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 the president and it seems like this administration is trying to lead and give us some deadlines by saying, "Hey, July fourth, small gatherings." At least he's kind of looking out in the distance and creating some hope. Because ever if he doesn't do that, and if world leaders don't do that, there, there's a possibility of this turning into Brazil once again. It's so funny. I'm I'm chuckling uh, right now because I have such a vivid memory. That when this first broke and we were all learning, we nobody knew what COVID was and coronavirus, and people were making uh, light beer jokes from Corona Light, and we all, the, the, I remember this as, as if it was yesterday. This has a fourteen day incubation. All we have to do is everybody stay inside for two weeks. Boom, we're done. And so I literally pulled out my calendar. I was like, okay. It's March. What did you say? March 16th? March, I'm like, March 16th. This all happened on March 13th. March 13th. I was like, okay, beginning of August, we're back to normal. Like, I have a vivid memory of that. And then it got towards, you know, April. And they're like, well, we're going to push it a little bit. And it's like, okay, well, May. Like, that's fine. We're going we're gonna to extend the deal. No, you were just all the way in August, and now you're back to May. No, you're- I'm saying it was March. And then I thought, maybe oh. if I said August, I misspoke. I thought when we get into April. I was like, it'll be perfect. We can do Don's birthdays in April. It'll be fun. Gunner's and birthdays in April. Gunner's birthdays in April. Yeah. And so, and then it was like, okay, we're going to extend the lockdown two more weeks. So like, okay, fair. Some people didn't pay attention, but everybody's going to get on board now. It'll it'll now be four weeks instead of two weeks. And then when we got close to that deadline. It's like, okay, we're sending out a month. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. We can't just keep moving things out a month at a time. And then you turned on your TV set every night and you saw all these kids going crazy in florida and you're just like damn it this is never gonna be over right and i was like okay the stupids 
are going to bring us all down. Here we are a year later. <laughs> anyway, I, I do think it's important at this point to feel hope. And I also think it's important to realize that there are still people dialing, dying from uh, the coronavirus. But like my mother just got her second shot. There's been some she's she's been tired and, and we've been talking. But like today, like like she's really because I think the second shot really makes you tired. And then sometimes you have those antibodies and it's fighting, doing all that. And today she really popped back and I'm asking her, I'm like, well, what are you going to do? You've been in isolation now over a year. I haven't seen you for a year and a half other than on a Zoom call. And, and, and she's planning her travels. So I bet you're planning. How, how many trips do you do you have planned? Right now, I just I checked yesterday the uh, U.S. travel.gov site, and uh, Italy is still not allowing me to travel. I have my ticket uh, for fall. Oh, you do? And so I'm hoping by fall that I will be on a plane to Italy. And uh, I have one trip planned. My brother and I are taking a pizza holiday uh, together to a very famous pizza city, and I'm not gonna. I'll tell you about it when we're done. All right. How how cheap are airplane tickets right now? Uh, I use I use my miles because I haven't gone anywhere, and so I have all these miles oh. stored up on my miles card. Yeah, planes are still relatively empty though. I saw saw my friend Carrie who worked at the Seattle Police Department, and now she's working for a big cola company. She was flying back to Chicago, and it was just her on like the seven thirty seven. That was it. So I've seen tickets to Chicago for like forty nine dollars. Yeah. It's crazy. How about that? I should go see my family, but they probably wouldn't see me. So I probably won't do that. Anyway. <laughs> see you on the other side of this. It's just like talking to a longtime friend. They are so fun and they were so fun to work with. When it comes to your real estate journey, you need an expert team and a playbook. The Ron and Don Playbook. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. I think the expertise provided by Ron and Don is really something I haven't seen before. I've bought probably a half a dozen properties over my lifetime. So I was just so impressed at how all-in they were from the very beginning. They knew what we were going to need to do in order to get the house that I wanted, and they were absolutely committed to making that happen for me. So responsive. And I would hear from them if they needed something from me immediately. If I called them, they would answer. They were super responsive. Uh, Dawn was a bit of a magician, being that like there was things that nobody knew the answers to. It was remarkable. And I would get the call. Hey, I was able to get the plans, the plans that if we don't get, we don't buy this house. And I get the call and there's four boxes of plans. It was amazing. The sale price was 55K over ask. And that just blew us away. We were absolutely ecstatic. Thanks to their skill to negotiate, we are so grateful and so happy and so pleased. They were a thousand percent instrumental in making this deal happen and making sure we closed on time and that I was able to get into my dream condo. I'm just absolutely thrilled. I mean, I knew that this was going to be hard to find and we did it so quickly and got just the perfect house in exactly where I needed it to be at a price that I feel really good about. So I could not be happier with my experience. I really felt like I could trust them. They made some promises on some things mm -hmm. that, and they delivered on them with no questions mm -hmm. asked, you know, and they came through. I absolutely recommend Ron and Don for your real estate transactions or just a cup of coffee and a sit down. Ready to get in the game? Get your playbook and schedule your Ron and Don sit down now at ronanddonsitdown.com. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don show. Please hit subscribe.
All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 236. Don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. And if you want to be a part of this team, Ron and Don, we'd love to be a part of your team. Let's sit down together. Just go to ronandonsitdown.com and explain what a sit-down is. And then you get signed up. You can just write out, uh, reach out to us. You can write Ron, Ron at uh, windermere.com. CDC, out with some uh, new stats today that if you are an American... Even as we've gone through COVID times, this is this is really incredible. Do you know how many people died in America? Just died last year in America? Because there's no, I have no idea. Yeah, there's about 360 million of us. Three million, just over three million Americans died last year. What do you think the number one cause of, of death was in America? Isn't it always like uh, cardiovascular disease? Yeah, so it's up there: heart attack, cardiovascular, hypertension, all that stuff. Number two is cancer. Number three was COVID because mm. at that point, over 400,000, as we're recording this, over 500,000 deaths, and that number continues to climb. What's interesting, it's taken our life expectancy and it's kicked it down a year or two, depending on where you live. So the CDC says for Ron and Don, as uh, we head off into, we're in our 50s now, they say at 78.7 years, you're going to croak. Mm. And I'm going to croak. That's going to be it. But. If you live in the South, you're going to croak somewhere between 72 and 74 years. Wow. Now, women, on the other hand, whether it's in the South or whether it's uh, some, some other part of the country, they have a tendency to live five years longer than men do. And that's one of the reasons, because sometimes, like my mom's generation, she, my dad was six years older. I think of my aunts, uncles, and all that. Typically, my 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 uncles were six, seven, eight years older than my aunt. So if you if you do the math on that, you know, if my if my uncle George, who who outlasted them all, he just passed away last month and he was well into his nineties, I think ninety-three. But my my aunt who who's in her eighties now is still around and and she's kicking. And so she's and I think my uncle George is eight years older than her and then she's supposed to go another five years on top of that. Here's the question. You and I have lived in the South. I think that number's too high. I think if you live in the South, your your life expectancy is about fifty eight point seven years, and I'll say, and I'll tell you why. Because the quality of life living in the South, once you get into your seventies and you see people in your seventies, it's different. You see a lot of people in oxygen tanks. You see a lot of people that uh, have experienced obesity. A lot of that has to do with the education system. And sometimes people just aren't educated on taking care of themselves. The schools there, the public schools in some places are just horrible and they're horrific. The, the diet that, that, that people eat and the, and the meals that they consume, if you were out a number, you know, if you were out 100 years ago picking cotton and you consumed all those, you need all those calories, right? When I'm doing demo work and you're doing all that brutal work and picking cotton is brutal work, you, you, you sit there and you just consume every calorie that you can. I remember and, and when, when, I, when I wrestled or played football in high school, you just consume every calorie that you can. But, but then as I got older, I figured out my son, my son calls me the salad man and he makes fun of me because wherever we go, I eat a salad because I am hoping to get to that 78.7 and then live a little bit longer. But because I lived in the South, I lived in Dallas. I also lived in the Southwest and they li we lived in New Orleans together. I wonder if that's going to count against me, the overall number. But let's be serious about this now. What is your take? You've lived in the South. You've lived in other parts of the country. 
what is it that we have to do uh, within our own country and with our own society to not only make schooling better, but to make things like apples affordable? Because there are places where we would live in New Orleans and places where I lived in L.A., for instance, and you couldn't get a fresh apple for miles. You just couldn't. And if you could, it was at a local store. It was a mealy apple. It was horrible, and it was probably $6.99. So a lot of the food that we all take for granted that we can afford, or it's in our own neighborhoods. It's very different sometimes when you, when you get to places so I, I in, wanna, in the South. I, I'll try to be serious in a minute, but my, the first sensation I had when I was listening to you talk about this is you and I have both reached that age bracket where we start to look into longevity and start to read all those studies and, and think about all these things. I am having uh, struggles with all, it seems like all of the longevity stuff is, is really not that fun. And so it's all about uh, taking things away, doing things that aren't as fun as the stuff you used to do. Like what's not fun? Like, you know, going out with friends and having an alcoholic beverage or whatever. That that, that You're trying to be in moderation. It's like, okay, you're going to have two drinks a week. It's like, okay, all right, time out. (laughs) If I'm going to a football game or if I'm going to hang out with uh, my buddy Charles – we are not having two drinks for the week. Yeah. You know, we would, uh, like you, you brought up different sorts of foods and they always talk about, you know, just all of the stuff with the longevity, yeah. the, the, the diet restrictions, the exercise, no chicken the, fried the, steak and no gravy and, and, steak. and mashed potatoes. Like right? you can't have the big breakfast. You got to do all the, all of the meditation and the 10,000 steps and the, all and the, the fat stuff. and the fasting. Right. It's, it, I'm looking for the, like <laughs> the longevity study. It's like, Eat ice cream six days a week and, you know, have uh, four alcoholic beverages with your pal around a campfire (laughs) and it's going to add six years to your life. Like that's the study that I want to see happen, but I know it's not going to happen. So I'm rebelling a little bit against the longevity stuff because it's like, I want to have longevity, but you want to be on an oxygen tank. No, I want to also have some fun. You want to have a walker with little tennis balls. On exactly. The, on, on the I want to have a little bit of fun right now and keep pretending that I'm, you know, 26 and then I'm going to hop up tomorrow yeah. and just be full of energy. I think that's okay. You know, I, I talked to my friend Mike who lives in New Orleans uh, uh, about this. He doesn't care. Like longevity doesn't matter to him. What matters is living in the moment and having fun. And he's fun. Very fun. When you're around him, he's an attorney down there. We wrote out Katrina together, uh, and we've been great friends for a long, long time. And and it's like he explained to me the other day. He goes, Don, I do not have a problem with drinking. He goes, but you have to think about this. He goes, let's say, for instance, it's a Saturday, and you're going to the LSU game. You have a couple beers before the game. And then during the game, even though you can't have in the stadium, you go out to the parking lot and you have a couple beers. And maybe you have a couple beers in your jacket. No one's looking, so you have a couple beers. LSU wins. You're going to have a couple beers in the parking lot after that. And then you're going to go back to New Orleans because LSU is about an hour from there. If LSU has won, everybody's going to be down in the quarter. You're going to go down there and have a couple beers. Then what you're going to – he's totally serious. Then what you're going to do, you're going to wake up on Sunday. You're going to have a couple beers. And the reason you have a couple beers is because you're now going to the Saints game. Who right. that? Who that say going to beat them Saints? Who that? So you're going to go to a who that party. You're going to have a couple beers. And then, and then you get to the Dome. 
You got to have a couple of beers once you get in the dome. Once you get in the dome, and I had never been asked this question before. I didn't even know you could do this at a sporting event. I was, this is crazy to me. When you, when you go to a sporting event for the Saints, they'll ask you when you get a mixed drink, which you can take to your seats, which you can't do at a Seahawks game. You can do it at a Saints game. Uh, who that going to say to a Saints fan that you can't take your drink down to your of seats course. of hard alcohol? It's it's a little ridiculous when you go to a Seahawks game and if you have hard alcohol, you have to stay up in the little club section. But, but you if you have beer beers. and wine, <laughs> right. then that that's a little archaic to me. And right. a little, it, Thanks, but, liquor control board. Yeah. So 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 anyway, it, it, he's he's like, you go to the bar there and they're going to ask you, do you want two shots or three, in your whatever. Uh, pineapple hurricane. explosion hurricane you're gonna have he said and and the thing that helps you is if they lose you go home and before you go to bed you just you have a couple beers because they lost he said but if they win you go back down to the french quarter and he goes guess what you're having a couple beers i caught a i i i we tried his out. whole beers for saturday and sunday we were up to like 46 beers that's a lot of beer but you know what He's having a lot of fun, doesn't care about longevity. He just wants to live here and now. And he said, if anything taught him living through Katrina or living through this pandemic, he's like, I don't care about being 78. You know what? Right now, I'm 58. And I'm going to have a great time, and I'm going to have a couple beers. We'll see you on the other side of this. We could use your help to spread the word that Ron and Don Radio can now be heard worldwide on your phone at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Please tell someone and hit subscribe. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show, and it's uh, the final segment of episode uh, 236. Uh, I want to share a story with you, just kind of a real estate story, because we have gone from, from radio to real estate. And what's so cool about this is we're getting to meet a lot of you guys, and I want to share a story with you, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share the first names because I want to protect the privacy of this this particular couple. And there's other people like Anthony who I just uh, talked about in our last pod, and he he loves hearing his name on the podcast. And with Dan and Karen, I don't know. We're gonna call them Dan and and, and Karen. Went into Dan and Karen's house uh, a couple months ago, and they said, "Hey, we're 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 going to sell the family home." And so we're having this conversation and we've listened to you and Ron for years. We feel this connection. We feel like we can trust you. And at the same time, we had to prove to them that we would be great realtors. They asked a lot of tough questions like, how are you going to bring this property to market? What do you think this property is worth? How do you know it's worth that much? How will this escalate? Uh, what are you going to do for us as far as marketing this property? We understand you guys have the biggest social media following in real estate which we do. We have the biggest social, tens of thousands of people that follow us on social media. And this podcast and a million people have listened to. And of course, the credibility of 25 years in radio, raising $12 million for things that we care about. Uh, and those are things that, we, that we're proud of. And they just didn't happen. Those are things that we went out and we partnered with you guys and a lot of this stuff that we, we did together. So it gets us into homes and it gets us having conversations, but we still have to prove to people like Tan, Dan and Karen that, that we can do the job. Was I calling them Dan? I think it's Dan and Karen. Okay. <laughs> when I, they hear I, this, they're going to laugh. I still don't know who we're talking about yet, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm talking about Everett. So we're talking about Dan and Karen uh, up at Everett. We're standing there, and it was interesting because I look over, and I see this picture. And I would say Dan and Karen are probably into their 60s now. And it's a it, it looks like, I think it's them when they're like 16 years old. And it looks like they're at the prom. And it was. It was the, the, here they are, and they're 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 at the prom. 
And I said, you guys, this is such a great love story that you got married right after the prom. They went, no, 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 no. We didn't have anything to do with each other after the prom. Sounds like my prom. Dan went on to have his own life. Karen went on to have her own life. And without getting too specific about what happened, they raised families, had kids. And, 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 and then... And then Dan, I'm calling him Dan, right? He f- he found himself without a partner, and he started thinking about Karen back in high school. Have you ever done that? Have you thought about uh, a high school flame that you had? And th- have you ever have you ever, re- have you ever reached back? No, but I have looked some up and been like either pleasantly surprised or like, whoa, <laughs> hello. It's one or the other. There's no middle ground. Yeah. Anyway, Facebook wasn't around yet. He went out to classmates.com. Uh, he looked for her. He found her. He reached out. He contacted her. And I think she said something like, I can't talk to you. And then she called him the next day and said, I must talk to you. They ended up meeting. They ended up talking. They ended up dating. And he said, you know what? I've, I have been married and divorced enough. So the deal is, the deal is this. If we date for five years and you're still around and I'm still around and we're into it, let's get married. Uh, and if not, uh, we'll just we'll call, we'll call it a day. So five years went by. Boom, they got married. He taught her how to ride a Harley. They've been riding Harleys ever since. In fact, she will go out on rides like down to Texas without him and kind of leave him behind. And then he he has to drive the trailer. He has to trailer and go pick her up, which I love that. I love that story. And the thing that you learn from them that I've learned from them is the important of autonomy, the important of autonomy when we get older, right? Especially when we've spent time with each other or we spent time with other people. And as we get into, and I'm in my fifties now, as we get in our sixties and seventies, and we just talked about maybe living to, to 78 or beyond that. I think it's so important in our friendships, in our partnerships, in our business relationship, people we love and care about that, we make sure that there's room for other people and the things that they love and care about. And we help them follow their bliss. I've learned this as a father. I, I used to dress up like a Seahawk mascot and I dressed my son the same way. And then one blue Friday is like, daddy, it's not blue Friday. It's spirit day. And he took off his Russell Wilson Jersey and his number 12 Jersey. And they were in the bottom of his closet. And then he put on his Cougar shirt to represent his elementary school. I was crushed by it crushed. I'm like, what are you doing? We are Seahawk fans. We are season ticket holders and all that. And I found out through the course of fatherhood that we, we have to be a partner and follow other people's bliss. And the thing that I love about Dan and Karen and just being around them. And, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, we have probably, uh, put their house up for sale and we're selling their home and they have this big, beautiful life that they have uh, a plan for themselves. Um, after Everett. And I always learn when I watch couples that have spent some time together. Uh, we talked about Ollie and, and Emmy a couple of weeks ago on one of our podcasts and the, their ability to talk, listen, confront. But the friendship that has been forged is really a beautiful thing. And I see that with Dan and Karen too. I see the autonomy, the celebration, helping the other one follow their bliss and have a great life. Uh, there's something kind of to that, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 these life inflection points are really enjoyable to be a part of, uh, and especially what were we, Dan and Karen's that we talking. We're about? calling them Dan, and, Dan and Karen. Dan and Karen. Um, <laughs> like it's a big deal to do what they're doing. Yeah, uh, and to take a home that you've had for a long, long time and say, okay, we're going to let go of this. Yeah, 
and and the courage to sort of turn and say, I got I got another turn in me where I'm going to face that direction now for this period of my life mm. uh, and to do that and to embrace it and to have something uh, that you're looking forward to is, is really cool. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with you that it's, it's a great uh, adventure to be on when you have that person that says, hell yeah, I'll get yeah. on a motorcycle and ride with you. Yeah. One, one, one thing that we do is we pay for all the pictures, photography, and then a lot of realtors don't do this, but we do this. We do a custom video. And like in this particular video, I, I host the video with Charlie. Ron and I have done these videos together. And then and then our friend Ben, who's a old homicide detective from Pierce County Sheriff's Department, he's one of our great photographers. In fact, he is working on a video for them right now. I get really steamy-eyed when we send the video to them because it's a way for them to honor the house, to say goodbye to it, but to always remember it because they have memories in that house. We don't. And when they hand us the keys, it's a real honor. And, and we know that we need to be great stewards because a lot of times people, this is their piggy bank. This is all the money that they, that they have in the world. And when, it, when it's time to extract that and invest that money in other ways and other places uh, as they get on with their lives, uh, just 10 times out of 10, like we'll get that video tomorrow. We'll put it up on our social media channels to help sell the house, but then we'll send it to them with a personal note. And I love making grown men cry. So <laughs> we're going to make Dan cry. He's probably going to cry that I'm calling him Dan. And then he's going to be like, why did you call me Dan on the podcast? You could have just called me by my first name. Yeah, you like, yeah, but I'm first. protecting your privacy. Well, why are you doing that? So anyway. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by, giving us great lives. Thanks for trusting us as your radio guys. Listen to this podcast. Please hit subscribe. And then that way it shows up every Monday, every Wednesday, every Thursday. And again, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. And we so much appreciate that connection and that relationship with them. All right. If you'd like to know more about Dan and Karen's house. Uh, just go to ronandonbrokers.com. And we have a lot of cool homes coming on, you guys. And we have a huge social media following. And we're not afraid to use it to help sell your home. Right, Ron? Ron at winnemere.com. Find out about a sit-down at ronandonsitdown.com. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. Find that black belt courage. And we'll see you next time for episode 236. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Dawn Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>